2: forever
1: dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends and they love sex and the city and they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, so things
0: Heavy Little Dudes All the dudes and we couldn't help but wonder Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm
1: Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Couldn't Help Help But But Wonder. Great harmonies. Mm -hmm. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. us. Hi, Jamie. Hi,
0: Chim -chim Chimaru. You know what? It's the holidays. It's in the air. I drove past a bunch of Christmas lights on the way here. I was deeply, deeply thrilled by it.
1: Y'all, I love it.
0: How are you doing?
1: I'm fabulous. Um, as far as who I am yes. this week, who are you?
0: Who are maybe, you? How are you?
1: May- I'm good. Thank you for asking. I might be Carrie because sometimes she can be a little wild and impulsive and adventurous. And I decided on a whim that I am going to Cambodia and Vietnam for
0: Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> such a badass move that's really fun thanks I'm really excited it is excited. so fun and she's not you. just I just want to be clear I already knew about this she's not just going she's like going with a group of people she's never met none of them it's, everyone is just Jamie doing it the truth I do I mean I think it's so cool you're yeah. traveling in such a great way Thank you. You're gonna have so much fun.
1: Thank you. So, listeners, in case you're like, I want to travel alone, but I'm scared to, that's how I felt. Yeah. Um, I asked around and there's a group called Flash Pack, Flash with an F, like Frank. And they do these groups. Not a PH, not
0: a not a not a PS a (laughs) (laughs) flashback
1: or whatever. It's a (laughs) a flashback. basically, there's this group called Flashback and they organize incredible trips all over the world for people who are traveling alone in their 30s and 40s. And my friend went on this exact same trip last year said it was she had the time of her life hooked up left and right, Ugh. which is like definitely on my agenda. It's like, it is
0: like birthright, but in Asia. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm really excited. It's like a swanky trip. It's not just like you guys aren't like roughing it to a point where it's going to be no. like hostels and stuff like you're staying in good places. No, it's beautiful hotels. There's cooking classes. There's activities. No, it's going to be opt amazing. Opt in. Opt out. Take a day. Take a breather. Jump back in. Get into the group like. Oh,
1: my God, Jamie.
0: Who knows? You can really write. Choose your own adventure.
1: Yes, and I have to say the best part about it, besides the fact that I haven't left the country since I was in my twenties, do we oh think Carrie
0: God. leaves the country? By the way,
1: well, who would do something like this out of the girls? Maybe Samantha.
0: Oh wait, Carrie did leave the country. She went to France. Anyways, go on.
1: None of them are necessarily like travelers. no, no, no. It would be Carrie. Okay, it would be Carrie. You're right. But the thing that I am most excited about, and listeners, let me know if you can relate. I uh, had Thanksgiving. It was stressful. My family's pretty fucking nuts. It kind of depressed me. And the idea of spending the holidays with my family really bummed me out and I was getting anxious about (sighs) it. So I feel really empowered and and really over the moon and confident because I feel like I solved a problem. I was depressed about the holidays and like really didn't want to spend it with my family. And now instead of doing that, I'm literally going to be like, on a tuk-tuk in Vietnam, like eating like spicy noodles. So I guess what the message is here, if you're listening, if you can take anything away from this, if there's something you don't want to do, you're an adult. You don't have to do it. It's a great message. Make it better for yourself. There's no rule. Like, like like as I'm as excited about going to Vietnam and Cambodia as I am about taking
0: control of my life. I think it's incredible. And we had dinner last night. We had a big old pasta feast where we We talked about this. And I think, I think what you're doing is amazing. I think it's empowering. And I'm really into this narrative of taking control and not feeling guilty Mm -hmm. because first of all, everyone else is doing it. Why not you? you And also, isn't that sort of the beauty of adulthood is just being like, no, Feeling confident and saying no and not worrying. And not that you don't want to care about how other people feel, but you at first. what point do you come first? At what, Like when? You're going to have like this sort of like fake pious life where you're like, I put my parents at Thanksgiving ahead of myself. And it's like at a certain point, it's okay to say this is what works for me and I'll see you when I see you. Exactly.
1: And like I love my family. And you also see them a lot. Listen, they live in you the same do. city. And not only that, yeah, I think something that's like takes a while to like get and it's kind of a lifelong thing is realizing just because I grew up like this doesn't mean I have to keep doing this. If Just I know. because, That's like, your parents part. are people, but, like, when you're an adult, like, they're not paying for you. No. You're your own goddamn person. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like- yeah.
0: I I think it's great and it's very inspiring. Thank you. And I'm you. really glad and I would love to join you. And you know, we've talked about this. We're going to do it next I time. Have, I know. Oh, I would love to go. Um, Jamie, who are you this week? Uh, Well, I was definitely a Carrie because I spent uh, Carrie Charlotte. I, I was a Carrie because I spent last week. In New York, or I guess that's, well, this, whatever. You, you guys know. We can't we can't always record this at the second everything <laughs> is happening. But I just got back from spending time in New York. Great. And uh, so I definitely felt like Carrie and that I was sort of dashing around. I stayed in my friend's apartment in Who? Soho. Um, a friend of Dan's. Okay. And it's funny. I think we talk about being an adult. I've gotten to an age where I'm not staying on nobody's couch. Oh,
1: Excuse me, I'm done. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm honestly... He I'm, didn't give you the couch.
0: I ha- well, this story takes a turn. Get ready. Does this take a sofa When turn? I heard that we were staying... First of all, I was like, I don't want to stay in anyone's apartment. Obviously. I just don't. Of I course. don't want to share a bathroom. I don't want to wake up when they're making coffee. I don't, I don't want to be around anyone but myself. Yeah. The beauty of hotel rooms. So I was like, well, why don't we just stay in a hotel? And he's like, I don't... I think Arlen... That's our friend. It's a hot name. Arlen. It is a hot name. Um, Arlen. He was like, I, don't, I think Arlen has sort of like an exceptional apartment situation. And <laughs> I'm like, I know Arlen. And I'm like, I know he has a good job and all these things. But I'm like, come on. It's New York City. How good could his apartment it's like, be? What is he
1: like a Wall Street trader? This
0: is my point. He's not. He has a great job. But like, But a great normal job means God. nothing That's in New York. Point. That's <sighs> my point. That's my point. Your dollar does not go far. Nothing. So when I hear, oh, he has this apartment in Soho, I'm like, oh, if it's an apartment in Soho, which for anyone who's never been to New York, it is actually the most coveted desired neighborhood you could potentially ever live in in America. Yeah. It's fabulous. It's where cobblestone all of the, streets, yeah, cobblestone streets, amazing stores. It's like where all of the like Models. supermodels yeah. live, it's like fab. it's literally the epicenter of cool in my head yes. or the original it's one. It's fabulous. I yeah, love Soho. It's fabulous. So I go, if he has an apartment in Soho. There's no way it's good. It's got to be a shoebox because how else do you live in Soho? And then Dan was like, "I don't I don't think you understand. I I'm, be- I'm being told that you have your own floor and your own bathroom if we stay here." And I'm like, "What? We have multiple floors?" Like, I know Arlen. He's not he's not he's not like, a Wall street. Have, like, jewel- tycoon. Does he wear jewels? And he works really hard and he's a super smart guy and uh, but I was like, "I still just can't envision a baller New York apartment Unless it's like Old money yeah, You know what it's I mean like
1: Pablo Picasso's this is, daughter Or someone
0: really old Who's yeah. like Lived there a long time It's rent control Yada yada So anyways I was like I just think we should Get a hotel And he's like Trust me on this Like let's go Let's see it And if we see it And we don't like it We get a hotel We do hotels tonight so we get there, and I literally felt like I walked into a gallery. It was the most extravagantly gorgeous wow. apartment. That's not where I thought the story I, was going. I could not believe it. I was like, I don't know. He must, wow. he, he, I think he must have, like, gotten a new, I don't know. He doesn't have a job right now. I know he's working on getting a new job, but he consults for a lot of projects. He's just clearly killing it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Arlen, I know you're not listening, probably, but... We're just proud of you. This apartment wow. was fucking stunning, wow. and we did have our own floor, and we did have our own bathroom, high ceilings, tons of space. It was immaculate. I mean, it it truly made the vacation even better, and I felt even more like Carrie. Great, because I was like, this is like where like Barishnikov lived in the later season. Really it I'm was glad unbelievable. It. Oh, anyway, so shout out to that because that was just a really delightful surprise. And then I guess I'm a little bit Charlotte because. And we talked about this a little bit last night, but I started reading l- last the last episode of this podcast. I felt like I was very down in the dumps. Some of that is still there, but I'm really trying to get a hold of it. And I am taking Wellbutrin now, which is definitely helping. And I also started reading this book called "Happier Than God." And tell me about this. it's about manifestation. It's very similar to like the Secret and is all the helpful? Wayne Dyer books and. I find that message of positive thinking helpful to read when you're when you really need a Good. boost. Good. So I suggest this book. Um, it's great, it's a quick read. And it also got me into this mindset of like, and we talked about vision boarding last night. Yeah. Which I've never done. I always kind of like shat on the idea because I was like, oh, it just sounds like too LA crunchy and da-da-da. But I did. I have a big whiteboard in my office. And so I just wrote like all of these straight up like affirmations, like textbook, basic shit. And it's all over. And now I'm just like, at the very least, I just want to read these once a day. That sounds nice. Like, let's just see. And then today I had like a good day. I got some good emails. And I was like, who knows if it's just like the, attitude. The, is everything. I think it's attitude. And also it just makes me feel less in pain. I love this. So Yeah, I like that. I think that's great. If anyone is out there considering vision boarding, which I still think is awesome and I do think it's the next step and I think we should do it together. I'm into it. I think it would be incredible. I'd love to. I think at the very least writing up, writing on a large surface, not like I I hate this whole thing of like post-it notes. If you have to do that, fine. But I think like big letters in your face. I like that. Having it visible and, like, honestly having it all together it's so it's a one-stop shop for your brain of, like, here are my things. Here are my bullet points. Here's what I need to remember going into the day. Yeah, I think it's helping.
1: I love that. That's really helpful. I wanna, so, I'm going to read the book. I like stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it's a good one. Yeah. Also, last week, I just want to also flag. Last week or a couple weeks ago, I can't remember when it was, I had suggested – I had talked about on a podcast there's, like, a, a thing about – um It's like goes against the whole thing of positive thinking. I listened to this interview where this woman was saying like actually positive thinking is not good because it basically tricks your brain into thinking that you've already done the thing. And that might be true, but I would rather live in a universe where I am. I feel a little bit in control and this makes me feel more in control. So it comes down to that. I have something to say about that. I think most
1: people don't err on the side of being too positive. I think most exactly. people
0: are desperate to feel better. I think you have to double down just to reach normal, just to like have an equilibrium. You yeah. have to be like, happy, happy, happy. And then you're like, actually just fine. Yeah, I think
1: if she's saying like, don't delude yourself into like, you know, if, you're, if your husband's beating you, don't be like, everything's of fine. But that's really extreme. I don't think that that's what this thing is. And
0: this thing, by the way, gets you out of that scenario. Right. Because it's all about like stepping into your worth, stepping into your power. When all you're stuff. depressed, you so can't make any moves. If you're in a bad relationship, this positive thinking, it's putting the control back in you. So like it's essentially you happier than God. The reason it's called that is because like, actually, I don't remember why they called it that. He was like one God paragraph. Is depressed. He's on God is I on my I think trend. That's just the thing they keep coming back to. They keep saying like, and then you'll be happier than God. But I think the whole thing is just like the reason I, I, we will get to the episode by the way in literally two seconds. But just to tie this up, the whole notion of like religion and this is not me, Whoa. I know, I know, bear with me. Guys,
1: we're gonna get to the episode, but first
0: we wanna kinda just, just tackle really, religion. Yeah, we just wanna go quickly. Stop. 30 just seconds. I just wanna dip my toe in the God pond. 30 seconds max. Yeah, no, the reason, whatever, the the book, I'm just <laughs> summing up the book. The book is saying that religion puts a lot of control into God's hands, typically, and in this scenario, he's, by the way, not defaming that or defiling that, he, he is, he's not saying don't do that. If you are a religious person, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to like start some like blasphemous war. Girl, you beefing? No, are you beefing with the man upstairs? The positive thinking idea is that it puts it puts the onus on you, and that like essentially God or whatever type of God, universe, create whatever the the thing. Well, you can call it whatever you want. That all has to exist within you, and it's not that that whatever. This could go on forever. The point is, God can be in you, and it doesn't have to be that you answer to him. That's all. Guys, this podcast is now called... Are you there,
1: God? It's me, Jamie, and Rose. (laughs) Jamie, Rose, and
0: Jamie. Chicken soup for the Jamie Lee soul. Anyways, that's it. Okay, so that's why I'm a Charlotte slash Carrie. And now we're going to get into the episode.
1: So we are on season three, episode two, Politically Erect.
0: Yes, Rose, take it away. Thank you.
1: The episode opens with Carrie and Bill hot on the campaign trail. Reminder, he's running for New York comptroller, and she's running for his heart. They're three weeks in and carries by his side as he kisses babies and greases palms.
0: Miranda and Steve, meanwhile, are still figuring out their relationship. Steve wants to lock things down. He says that he isn't seeing anybody else, but Miranda pretends she's dating other people. Why the lie? Why? Why? Because Miranda's still not sure about Steve. What if there's someone better out there? Better than Steve? Please. Please. Yeah, right.
1: Later, Carrie and Miranda hang out, and Miranda spills her Steve sitch. Miranda just can't decide whether or not Steve is the one. Carrie suggests she makes a list of Steve's pros and cons. If the pros outweigh the cons, she should commit to him.
0: Meanwhile, Samantha gets a drink at a bar where she meets Jeff, a cocky hedge funder who has everything she's looking for in a man. He asks her to dinner, and she readily accepts. And then he hops off his bar stool, and Samantha realizes that Jeff is a little person. Samantha's instantly turned off, but it's too late. She's already agreed to go out with him. She catches up with Carrie and Charlotte to hash things out. Spoiler alert, politically incorrect heightism ensues.
2: Later that week, I brought the Single Ladies Coalition to elect Bill Kelly to a fundraiser. What do
0: you guys consider to be the height difference between a short person and a little person? A little person? You know, a midget. A midget or a dwarf? What's the difference? I'm not sure, actually. I think little person is the proper way to refer to an adult under five feet. Well, and I agreed to go on a date with a very short person. But I didn't realize he was so short. I mean, sitting down, he was perfectly proportional. Standing up, he barely clears my nipples. Well, that may be the perfect height. I'd like to cancel the thing, but I can't just because he's a munchkin. You know, this is a very politically incorrect conversation (laughs) to be having at a political fundraiser. But anything less than five feet is unacceptable. Munchkin. You don't hear that word a lot, Munchkin.
1: Do you guys want to hear something that like could like me- means that I'll never be president? Yes. When I was really little, Rose is very
0: tall. For anyone who's new and doesn't know that, Rose yeah. is a tall person.
1: That has nothing to do with the story. Oh, that, okay. Yes, I thought I it did. Okay. Oh no. Um, this is like me doing bad, something bad. When oh. I was like six or seven, we oh, were in wow. the car and the windows were down. Oh my god! And there was a little person that, that oh, was across the street, this and, is and I yelled, be heartbreaking. "Munchkin!"
0: Oh no, Munchkin! And
1: I, I got. Or midget, something bad. Yeah, and my parents like screamed at me, and Aww. I got. I mean, I obviously did something really bad, but I was little and I didn't. Yeah, know.
0: that is such a like little person getting in trouble. Not little person, you little person. I know getting in trouble story.
1: I know my parents were so mad. Yeah. at me. then that's they the made worst. me They made me watch The Mask after that oh. for some reason, just so, so I could like accept. So you could different. like, yeah,
0: <laughs> people in green face. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Oh no, the mask with um. Oh ma- mask. No mask. Mask. You said the. The mask. Oh, you know why they watched me? Okay, <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. You know why they watched? i not even the mask with Jim Carrey. You guys are gonna think I'm evil. You know why they wa- made me watch that? Why? Because I was watching a newscaster who had a weird, not yeah. weird, who had a deformed hand, and I was like, ah, oh, that's scary. Change the channel. So then I was that way when it. I was little. Well, when you're little, you just hard- you don't, you don't know, censor, and, and no one's
0: explaining anything to you. Mm, yeah, I and know. the second they do, you calm down. No, I know. You're I- just like figuring it out. You guys, don't know. I've done bad things. I'm flawed. No, I don't think. I think that's. I think that's way more normal than you think. I remember when I was a kid, I was in the ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese, oh, and God. there was a girl in there who had a cast on her arm. Oh no! And I had seen this thing on Sesame Street, where you know how like Sesame Street has like the the puppet part, and then there's yes. like the wrap. There's like videos. That's like the wrap around. Yeah. And then there's always like little videos. So they had this video about breaking your arm, and they. I don't know why they were showing children this, but I remember. It was about how they have to re-break the arm, and then they, like, wrapped it up, and then everyone's signing the cast at school. And the re-break was such a scary part of that video that I actually believed when you broke your arm, it was, like, in half. Oh, God. And that the cast was concealing, like, essentially a severed arm (laughs) underneath. And so when I was in the ball pit, I was like, ew, gross. Like, I, I was like, ah, like... And the poor girl was just like. There's a freak in the bullpen. Yeah, pin. I literally thought it was like freakish to have an injury. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you're little. So, everything's fucked up. Everything's fucked what up. Do you think Anyways. think about combo that the gals okay, have. Okay. So, yeah, I. It feels pretty relatable, not specifically about Jeff, um, but it, I really, these are actually the moments of the show that I really love. I love how they utilize each character as a different perspective on a topic. And I think it's really smart because if you're gonna do something as off color as like, like literally heightism, right? Yeah. um, It's nice that at least Carrie can step up and be like, guys, this is fucked up. Like there is a voice of. That's true. Politically correct again, I mean this and it's this I mean, this show's brilliant. the fact that the episode's called Politically erect, and we're talking about I mean, it's genius, yes. and they're at a political fundraiser and they're having the least that is politically really, really correct smart. conversation, it's, yeah,. Fucking genius. It's not appropriate, but it is genius.
1: Yeah, that's true. And the thing is, it's also, like, not hateful. No, it's it's
0: inquisitive and and awkward. And And the
1: truth is, like, you're allowed to not want to have sex with a guy who's under five feet. I mean, it's not politically correct, but you're allowed to feel that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, we discriminate on so many things when it comes to attraction.
1: Yeah, and also there's, as far as, like, being an open-minded person, like, people have their tastes. And and it doesn't, you know... I feel like Samantha was in a bind. And it's also interesting because
0: Samantha is such an open person. Like she, yeah, she's someone who I feel like wants to date all different types of men and have all different types of experiences. And so, yeah, it is interesting that in this scenario, we kind of see her slip into a very sort of classic, like, I want to feel, I want to feel wooed. I want him to be taller. I want him to, like, you know, swoop me under his arm with his big muscles. And, like, you know what I mean? She's kind of being very, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I feel like she's being very classic in what she wants from a man to the point where she's, like, he's not being, like, the. he can't physically be the big, strong man that I necessarily want. So I think it is interesting to challenge that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... One thing, as you said, I do think Samantha's very open. And in the past, if somebody presents something she's not sure about, she'll always try it. Like even that—that's my point. Even that super old guy, she ended up That's leaving. That's my point. But she tries. She um, tries. Do you think it's wrong for her to discriminate against him because of his height or not be attracted to him?
0: Well, no matter how politically correct we want to be, you cannot. And I'm not even talking about this particular scenario. You cannot control who you're attracted to. Yeah, I, I think there's only so much you can intellectualize yeah, there. That. Yeah. And I do think even though her conversation is discriminatory, I do think she is considering. So I think it's actually pretty honest. Obviously they dial it up with calling him a munchkin call, you know, yeah, midget is yeah, not, yeah. but back then I think midget was actually like kind of funny. And now it's like, Offensive. we don't say yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I like that this conversation is happening. Me too, and I think
1: you're right. The girls, none of the girls are are that well, Sean's a little best black and friends. white. These are yeah. people that she
0: fully trusts. She knows it's fucked up. And the
1: thing is, there it listen, to be perfectly frank, you don't owe anybody a date. If you no. don't like somebody, no. you do not have to. That's charity if you just go out with somebody because you feel bad for them. Like But she likes him. No, she does. They yeah. get along. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Later at a political event for Carrie's beau, Charlotte is on a mission to hit on every eligible political donor. Then Steve and Miranda show up and Carrie introduces them to her new guy, Bill. Steve makes a little joke asking Bill to clear up his unpaid parking tickets and Miranda flinches, just devastatedly embarrassed. In her head, she puts bad jokes in Steve's cons column.
0: Meanwhile, Charlotte meets a hot Roy Lichtenstein fan. They're clicking, they have great banter, Everything's perfect, except he has a girlfriend. Of fucking course he does. Charlotte asks how they met, and it turns out they were introduced at a party where every woman had to bring a guy they weren't romantically interested in. Charlotte loves the idea and decides to throw a people potluck herself. Stanford shows up to the fundraiser and immediately spots Bill's
1: hunky campaign manager. He asks Carrie to set him up, but she's like, How do you even know that he's gay? And Stanford responds that he's seen him rollerblading up and down Chelsea. Touche. So Carrie does Stanford a solid and approaches the guy trying to hook him up. Lucky for Stanford, the guy is indeed gay. Unlucky for him, he's not attracted to Stanford. Not wanting to hurt his feelings, Carrie returns to Stanford and lies. He's straight, she says, trying to be a good friend.
0: Later that night, Carrie and Bill lay in bed post-sex, and he asks if she's enjoying their sex life. Is there anything else he could do? Carrie says, she's great. Their sex life is awesome. Then Carrie asks Bill if there's anything he would like. Turns out, there is. Bill would love for Carrie to piss on him in the shower. Carrie catches up with the core four to discuss. I would be very worried if I were you. The pee could just be foreplay.
2: Oh my God. Where there's smoke, I'm just saying.
0: This is so typical
1: of men in power. They just love to be dominated and humiliated.
2: What did you say when he asked you? Well, I told him I just gone, but maybe another time. But I really don't think that I can keep saying
1: that forever. <laughs> I peed on a guy once during sex, but it was an accident. What did he say? Honestly, I don't even think he noticed. Huh. I once had to stop eating meat for six months. So this is what it's come down to, ready, set, (laughs) Pete.
0: <laughs> Look, sometimes for the right guy, you have
1: to make concessions. There's always
0: going to be something. Are you guys seriously advocating that I do this? Well, why not? He's a great looking, rich political prince.
1: Oh, sure. It's practically a fairy tale the Princess and the pea. First of all, is he great looking? No. This is my biggest. John Slatterly is not hot. No. I'm so sorry. I'll die on that. Hill. I,
0: I feel the same way. Not he hot. looks old as hell. No.
1: If we're gonna just rip apart women for looking older than thirty, he looks a hundred. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> there's nothing is,
1: about him that's like, damn. I want to no, slice a piece of that. I've never slack. understood
0: that. I've never understood it.
1: He's not hot.
0: He's fine. He's fine.
1: He's like a normal person. Fine. If you saw him, on the normal. St- old if he was man. not an
0: actor and you saw him on the street, you'd be like, he's fine. I'd be like, oh, there's an old guy. I know. I, I don't. Yeah. So wait, what do we think about? What do we think about this? Would you, where are you at? Where are you at? I was
1: just thinking about it when we were listening to the clip and I was thinking if I was, I peed in the shower a million times. If somebody peed on me in the shower, I think on a technical level that doesn't gross me out because it's clean. We can Mm -hmm. just immediately rinse it off, but it doesn't turn me on. And I think that the fact that it would turn my partner on sort of turns me off, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah, I I'm trying to understand why it is that super rich, successful people, not all obviously, but some that this is definitely a type where you just like to be. Wait, he wanted her to pee on him. Yes. Oh, I would do that.
1: (sighs) I mean, I don't have to get peed on. Oh, yeah.
0: No, you would.
1: I mean, I would do it and
0: then it might it would probably turn me off. That's what I'm saying. I I guess what I'm trying to understand is why does this why do people want to be debased? Um, And is it like I I, I guess I'm really trying to understand if you're in a position of power, why? Why do you get off on humiliation? Like, what is what is it about humiliation that is erotic to you? Because I would file this under that to a degree.
2: To do get you, peed on. on, it definitely sky? is
0: like it's literally like Calvin and Hobbes on the back of a truck. Like it's not,
2: it's well, not a classy it, move. Well, isn't it like giving up your power? Like you have so much power in other in other areas of it's your like life.
0: Charity work to get peed on.
1: I don't
2: think
0: it's just it's role
1: like, reversal. It's just like it's like for once like I don't have to make the decisions. Sure, sure, like, sure. I, exactly. Yeah, or just like there's so much pressure if you have a really high powered job and you have a million people under you and you have to pay for all this stuff. And it's like this is just one area where it's just like you just take control. It's kind of like being dominated, right? It's like being a sub when you're a dom all day, right? The Got thing it. Is, okay, that makes sense. I also think that there are some things that don't have an intellectual explanation, like why do you like being tied up? Why do you like SM? Why do you like being peed on? I think no, some people
0: just are turned on by shit. That part is definitely true, but this is definitely a common theme right. in the ver- in the one percent, yeah, and in politics, yeah.
1: I also think an umbrella thing is that things that are wrong and dirty turn people on. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think that sometimes when things are, like, anything that's transgressive can sort of have a hot edge to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I have definitely been turned on by, like, rape fantasies before. Uh-huh. And that's because it's wrong and bad. Yeah, sure. Do you know what I mean? No, uh, that makes sense. But I think peeing is, it's a different thing,
0: but it's, it's the same idea that this is fucked up. That's yeah. why it's hot. Cuz like in Succession that also happens with Kieran Culkin's character. He like what he, he like just again? wants to be fucking humiliated. He literally just gets off on being told he's like shit a fucking idiot piece of shit. Yeah. It like makes him come.
1: I think would you would you not your girlfriend, but in like a hypothetical way if you were single and you were dating a girl you really liked and she asked you to pee on her. Would it affect your relationship or no?
2: I don't think so. I don't it's not That's open of you. Yeah, I I don't think it would really do anything for me, but it, it doesn't it's not the sort of thing that like I, I I think I'd have a tough time getting out of my head about it a little bit. Just yeah, which like, is what I
0: think Carrie's going through too. Yeah, because like, it's like it's just yeah, when you try to intellectualize it.
2: Yeah, it's like a smell thing and like are totally. is this like a like lead in to something else and then the person smells like are like right. I, it seems like a hard hurdle to get over but if the other person likes it and like that's what they want like it, it doesn't seem like something i'm like
1: if that a, was it there was no, no more yeah. well the thing is that's i feel like i would definitely try it but something there's another voice in my head right now it's dan savage being ggggg good giving and generous and he says if you know you have hard nose of things you absolutely wouldn't do don't cross your own boundaries but if it's something that's not a big skin off your nose and fucking do it, yeah. And be a good partner. So for me, peeing—if it really turned my partner on and they fucking loved it—and it's not that traumatic for me, I think I'd do it.
2: There mm-hmm. is also, I mean, you gotta pee. So like, like, <laughs> like you're gonna do it at also, some point. You're like in if it's the gonna get exactly, and you can imi-
0: that's also not on you. Yeah. And if they immediately just I don't wash think it we off. know that he wants to do it in the shower. He said no, in yeah. the shower. Oh, he D- said in the shower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: That's why there's also, I mean, we'll get to it too, but that's why the whole conversation she has with him at the end is with him in the shower. Because I mean, she's I like, I I guess if it's in the
0: shower, it's and not as bad. You're doing it. Yeah. I, I just. To you know what me, be? I yeah. just don't. Yeah, I guess I don't even know how to think about it because I would. I just associate it with like, oh, yeah, that's just like, like you said, it's like a smell thing. It's like, I don't. If you pee in the shower, like it's like the whole shower smells like. I just no, it doesn't. I just think it could. I don't know. I I mean, how
1: smelly is y'all's pee? It's not. But I mean,
0: you smell pee. It's not. Doesn't smell like body wash.
1: As somebody who has peed in the shower upwards of ten thousand times. Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's fine, and it doesn't smell, and it's fine. And this is this is what I'm gonna say, Jamie. Can you imagine, I'm just imagining a lover, like a guy, like peeing on him and him, like looking up at me and going like, oh, yeah. Uh. Like, I would it die. Makes me I would die. But I would do it because it's fine. I would do that
0: over. It's definitely not the worst. I it's will say bad. that. It's
1: not even peeing on you. Yeah.
0: No, that I wouldn't. I it's wouldn't, also like I wouldn't be all right with that. that gross, like... No, it's not. It's like... It's not. It's There's no chunks in it. It's, it's like... Yeah. It's and
2: if a, there is, call it's, someone. Yeah. It's not viscous.
1: Yeah. There's no blood I in know. it. It's like, fine, you know?
0: Yeah, like I guess... Water. Uh, I don't know, guys. I I feel like you're more open to this don't, than I am. Don't pee on Jamie and don't make her pee on you. Okay, so- I don't want to pee on you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not
2: take yourself too seriously and...
1: The next time we see Carrie and Bill together, they're scarfing down some hot curry. And throughout the meal, Carrie avoids drinking water because she's so afraid to have to pee around him (laughs) or on him. When Bill says he can't actually sleep over that night,
0: she's so relieved and just takes a giant gulp of water. Over at Charlotte's romantic rejects party, Samantha shows up with Jeff, the short guy she's trying to unload. Miranda shows up to weigh available guys against Steve. As Jeff is grabbing a drink, he finds out that he's at a party where women bring men they don't want to date. He's pissed, so he confronts Samantha. Jeff challenges Samantha to a sex-off where he can prove that he is so good in bed she won't notice his height. She agrees.
1: I mean, if there's one thing that uh, Samantha always will accept is a sex challenge. Yes, Charlotte spends the party flirting with a cute, well-traveled Greg. Things between them are heating up when Greg's ex walks over. Just seeing him flirting with Charlotte reminds her of all the qualities that Greg has and that he's actually a total catch. She pulls Greg
0: into the guest room and starts violently making out with him, leaving Charlotte alone yet again. Over in Samantha land, Samantha is being pounded by Jeff, and she has to admit he can deliver. Miranda and Steve sleep together, too. Per usual, the sex is super hot. After the sex is over, Steve tells Miranda he loves her, and suddenly the pros and cons list becomes irrelevant. Steve loves her, and that's what matters.
1: Oh, we love you, Steve. Love you, Steve. Just want to Steve. On the other side of town, Samantha's having a fabulous and fun dinner with Jeff. She's ready to give him a real try when he excuses himself to go to the bathroom. While he's gone, she looks over at his jacket and notices a label, Bloomingdale Boys Section. She can't. She just can't. Samantha tries to flee the restaurant when Jeff catches her. Where the hell are you going? She tells him that she wants to end things, but he totally busts her chops and ends up making her laugh, which at the end of the day is what Samantha wants most of all. She ends up going out with him for two whole weeks, which in Samantha time is an epic relationship.
0: Finally, back at Carrie's apartment, Carrie builds up the courage to have the pee talk. I've been
1: giving this uh, peeing thing a lot of thought. And while I think it's, it's totally fine
2: that that's what you're into, I've just... It's just never really been my thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so I thought instead, um,
0: maybe, you could close your eyes and I could dribble warm tea on you.
2: That might feel good. Or, uh, maybe, um, you might, uh, think it's fun to, you know, hear the sound
1: of running water when we have sex. And if, if things got really serious between us, I could maybe even leave the bathroom door open sometime, although
2: honestly i'm really i 'm really not sure how comfortable i I would be with that either. you know something I want to tell you too. Some people connected with the campaign read your column, and uh, they had a different take on it. Than I did. What
1: does that mean?
2: Well, they thought it was really funny and clever, but uh that it was a lot about sex. And they don't think it's such a good idea for me to be dating a sex columnist so close to the election. You know, they, th- they thought it was kind of seeming. Wait a second. I may write about sex, but you like people to pee on you.
1: Yeah, but nobody knows about that. That is such a fucking brilliant twist. It's amazing. I did not see that coming. It had been a while since I watched this watched this uh, show, and so I forgot how their relationship ended. And the fact that he's the one with the avant-garde sexual taste, and then he's dumping her for being too kinky is hysterical. It's amazing.
0: And also- So smart. Yeah. It's the perfect way to end this episode, especially because the whole thing is political. It's like really hitting the nail on the head of like, that's what politics is. It's like, just don't let anyone know what your secrets are. Like, don't let them leak. It's true. Like
1: Leak. Yeah.
0: Like, take oh, a leak? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like Rose wants to pee on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I've been trying. I'm like, get over it, Jamie. Ch- Sometimes you're close friends who you podcast with. No, I mean, I do want to say something, and I know, blah, it's like the killer of comedy, but, like, definitely not trying to shame people that like stuff like this. Oh, yeah, Or please. different stuff. and
0: and Different strokes.
1: Yeah, and even in this, it's like, again, it's for comedy, but, like, there is this idea that, what he likes is kind of wrong. Yeah. And that he's a freak, which I don't agree. I don't think he's a freak. No, I don't
0: think he's a freak at all. And I
1: don't think it's wrong either. And I don't think it's like so ironic there's that there's no like, such thing
0: as wrong when it comes to like as long what as you, you enjoy. People, yes. It's all consensual. Yes, and stuff. exactly.
1: Yeah. So I do sort of bristle at the idea of like, it's so ironic that you're dumping me. You're the freak. It's like, he's not the freak. He's just kinky or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's a bit of kink shaming, I would say. I think say. she said
0: that, though, out of feeling rejected.
1: 100%. Yeah. I, I just think that the story idea is like, a kinky freak dumps Carrie for being a sex writer. Like, How do you
0: feel about the fact that she was saying she doesn't feel comfortable, and then that triggers him to break up with her? Was he planning on breaking up with her already? Or... Was he planning on breaking up with her already? And it just happened faster because he felt threatened by the fact that she didn't want to deliver on the peeing front. Or did that happen as a reaction to him feeling even more humiliated? I don't know. What do you think? That's a really, really brilliant
1: question. Cause it's pretty convenient, right?
0: Yeah. But it did sound like he really had that issue that like people were concerned about her being a sex writer for the campaign. Well,
2: And we also don't, it's not mentioned in this, but um, she does write about him. So that's like kind of, I mean, he mentions it in the clip that other people on the campaign read the article and found it funny and whatnot, but it was about him. So like you see why there is a concern about the optics of the relationship, so to speak, for, for the campaign.
1: That being said, I do feel like there was a missed opportunity in the scene because he doesn't even address the peeing thing. He just goes, well, on that note, and he just, I mean, there's no reaction to what she just said, which is like pretty interesting.
0: Why do you think he is so put off to the point of breaking up with her if that is what happened? If we're playing that scenario out, why do you think he's so put off to the point? Wait, I guess my question is, why is he so put off that she is saying I'm uncomfortable with that when it's I, I don't know. I, I'm not understanding why it's such a deal breaker for him, I guess.
1: I don't think he broke up with her because she wouldn't let him pee on her. I actually think he legitimately broke up with her because of that reason that he had said they don't want me to.
0: But then he didn't say anything like, oh, okay, I understand that. But I think he didn't really comfort anything she said.
1: I completely agree and I would because the writers on the show are so smart, I'm going to say that was on purpose. It wasn't just like lazy writing and they forgot to have a response.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't lazy. I'm just wondering what the pur- what the point was.
1: My hypothesis to that, which is really interesting, is that it's so taboo to like anything besides like marriage, missionary sex, which goes Touching boobs, then going down each other, then having sex. That's the script of sex. Sure. And anything outside of that, people are like deeply ashamed about, especially yeah. to admit that you like something and then have someone be like, yeah, I don't really think I don't think Carrie was being shitty or mean. Right. But I do think that he probably felt ashamed and rejected. Yeah. And instead of saying, OK, yeah, I'm embarrassed right now. No, it's totally fine. He just was like,
0: I'm a politician. Uh good face, no problem. We'll just Right. It's, it's too embarrassing to right. talk about. Right. Cuz I think it's he feels ashamed. I think it's interesting that the person who who enjoys being let's let's say peeing on someone. That's that feels like a form of like that's a humiliation tactic or sure, you yeah. know, like you said dom sub, like you're mm-hmm. definitely making someone smaller by peeing on them. Yeah. So if he's into that, it's interesting that the humiliation of saying that, uh, that oh, her saying, I don't want to be humiliate. I don't want to humiliate you. That, that was triggering. That's it's like, he's into, he's into rejection in some way, but just not, if you won't pee on him, then it's not, then it's a no go. He only wants
1: liquid rejection.
0: He wants liquid rejection. That's exactly what I'm getting at.
1: It's also really interesting too. like, like, yeah, I think that you bring up a good point. It's a really, really interesting scene that, I, I didn't think about it until you brought it up, uh, James. And mm. and it's something that we'll never know, but it's a really interesting question. Uh, listeners, Instagram us and tell us if you think he broke up with Carrie because she didn't want to pee on him, or if you think it's because of what he actually said. I I'm torn. I don't know.
2: I was I was just gonna say, I also think it is a risky relationship, just from like a political standpoint. standpoint. Yeah, oh, yeah. So I think that he would have been more. Comfortable Risking it and keeping it going If Carrie was okay with it yeah. And so her not being okay with peeing on him Made the decision easy for him He was like this is already like a liability right. Why not just cut losses basically
1: Yeah totally I mean as somebody who talks about my life Like even with my last relationship Like you do have to find If, if you're a person that explores your personal life In your work You do have to find people that are okay with that Because lots of people are not Totally Right <laughs>
0: Okay, so the episode ends with Carrie publishing an article about her and Bill. It's uh, To Pee or Not To Pee, and uh, that is the end of Carrie and Bill. All right, this brings us to the question of the episode.
2: Though politics had always seemed as relevant to me as a new Erica Jong novel, I did find it interesting that a discussion about politics ultimately became a discussion about sex, and a discussion about sex ultimately became a question of politics. Which led me to wonder if the two weren't, in fact, inextricably linked. And if so, can there be sex without politics? For example, this who makes
1: continue? more money? How does, how oh, does that affect is that politics? Politics okay. is everything. It's Yeah, I guess like, it's everything. Yeah, like, you know, if you're right. dating mean, somebody shorter, taller, woman, man, yes, you know, different dating, races. D- I
0: see. Yeah, dating, dating definitely is insanely political. Um, Power
1: dynamics in the relationship.
0: Yeah. It is political. I mean, for me, I would say I'm most political when I'm in a new relationship. Yeah. I think that's when I'm like kind of, you know, on my best behavior and really like putting up more of a front. And then as soon as I feel comfortable, I let them in a little more and get more vulnerable. So I think the beginning of relationships is like you're truly cam- campaigning for yourself oh, as a an- candidate in the that's relationship. Cool.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, You're it, both
0: doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: also interesting too because it could get more political as you keep sleeping together. For example, if you're with someone for like a year and you really love them and you finally feel comfortable, you could finally tell them a thing that you haven't been able to ask for exactly. for anybody else. And that can be political Yeah, to have a guy be like, hey, I know it's not the normal traditional thing, but like, will you fuck me in the ass? Like that's yeah. politically incorrect and sure. that's t- flipping gender dynamics. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think that, I think that, Yeah, politics is a tricky word because you're like, what does that exactly mean? But I think it just means like the way
0: society works. How does that affect us in the bedroom? It it means that. And it's also like the positioning of tough conversations can be political. How you phrase things, Mm -hmm. your tone. You know, there is a performative element. Yes, of um, course. When you're in a relationship, it, it does at times get presentational, especially when things are sort of trickier and it's not as easy as just sort of like saying whatever you want. Um, I think you have to kind of like navigate that in a cautious, respectful way. So, you know, you can express yourself, but also not have it be something that I think if you're not political about your feelings, sometimes we've talked about this on the podcast before. If you're not political about your feelings, sometimes people won't hear it the same way if you delivered it in sort of a, a nice package. Right. So if you want to be heard yelling isn't necessarily the best way to do that. Yeah, that's exactly. not a political move.
1: Oh yeah, that's interesting too. God, there's so many ways to analyze there are. this. Sky, you want to jump in?
2: No, I mean, I, I, I agree. There's, there is like, there is that like kind of goofy, I, not goofy. That's not the right term for it. But that that like saying that like the personal is political, and like the way that you express yourself in a relationship, who you choose to date, all. Uh, reflects some sort of political value that totally. you have. Like if you're having some sort of like very heteronormative relationship, right. you're reestablishing that sort of relationship as quote unquote normative and and, right. and uh, all different forms of relationship all establish different forms of political expression of, of relationship. Course. Yeah. Or if
1: you want someone to slap you across the face or spit on you. I mean, those things are like, not politically correct. I know I, I've heard guys who are like my girlfriend or this girl I'm dating wants me to be rough and I don't like being rough. Yeah. It makes
0: me feel bad. Yeah. Like it, there's a lot of dynamics out there. Yeah, a lot of dynamics and a lot of boundaries to be explored. Um, okay, great. So last segment of the episode, I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what you horny for? Um,
1: I'm... Horny for Ronan Farrow's book mm. *Catch and Kill*. I'm reading it right now. He's such a great writer. Um, it won the Pulitzer Prize. It's mm. nonfiction. You want to check that?
2: His his New Yorker story won the Pulitzer Prize. Thank
1: God for Skylar. I mean, I'm just gonna lie, and then Skyler will fact check me. No, yeah. thank you, Skyler. So, um, it is about the Me Too movement and taking down Weinstein and how this all started. Oh, I have to read it. It is. A page turning, beach read, gripping, also really interesting. It's like heavier than a beach read in terms of it's like about something political and interesting, but like riveting, riveting, riveting. So if you need something juicy to read and timely, I I would say that.
0: I love that. Girl, what are you doing? I want to read that right now. I started another book. I just, I'm starting it next. I'm starting it next. Good. Yeah. Um, After I finish, well, I guess I'm finished now with the manifestation book. So I'm moving on to Three Women. I might need to borrow that. Yeah, that's great. I actually have it on my phone. It's fine.
1: I just might need to borrow your. You phone need for to take my phone for two weeks.
0: Okay, no problem. Um, so I am horny for. Oh, I'm horny for uh, this line of skincare called Shanta Kai. And I saw that. I think it's C H E. Wait, sorry. C H A N T E C A I L L E. We'll put it on the Insta. I mean, yeah. That's what a impossible. mouthful. Yeah. Shanta or Shanta Okay. I think it's French. Um, but anyways. Uh, what yeah. Is it? They sell it at this store which i don't even know if they have in la um called space in k in um in new york and yeah okay Kai, yeah um and they have i've i've bought a few things from them all of their like serums and moist moisturizers they're all just so excellent they never break me out i have very sensitive skin and i have to be really careful about everything that i use and It is more expensive than I would want it to be. I will flag that. However, um, it's just fabulous. Yeah, I just love it. I love it. I love it. I feel like I don't know what it is. All of their products are just like, they just feel nice on your skin. And like the way they absorb in your skin, it kind of leaves... A finish that just feels like plump. I know that sounds like an ad, uh, and not like a real person's they evaluation.
1: Do our pie. Yeah,
0: seriously. But uh, their products are great, and they're not easy to find, which probably does contribute to me liking them more. She I'm gonna likes, be she honest. She likes
1: her skin products. To play hard I to like get. to.
0: I like to. Yeah, it I like to, to have the, a little. Yeah, I like to be <laughs> fucked with a little bit and p- pissed on, to be quite you honest. You don't want it to be so easy. No, I want to be defiled by my products. So you just um, find them
1: online or what?
0: They sell them at Space NK and then they also, yeah, they so sell online. You have to online. go to New York to get them? Yeah, you just have to fly to New York. It's really not Guys, a big if deal. You just want just this, hop on over to New York real quick. Leave your jobs, leave your kids, leave yeah, your ever just it. just dash on over to New York City. But do you know, want to
1: glow or not?
0: Yeah, do, I mean it's up to you, really. the, the, the futures in your hands. Also, so,
1: everyone should listen to Jamie's advice about skincare because I know the bitch and she's got beautiful skin.
0: That's really nice. Um yeah, I've fucked with a lot of different options and products and um this one really is so fabulous. I-, I have a couple of different serums by them. I don't even know the names, but right now I, I usually just use one at a time because it is expensive, and I don't really believe in the power of serums to the degree that maybe I should. Like every, you know, Instagram facialist is like, "Oh, you have to use a vitamin C, you have to use a retinol, you have to do it." And I'm like, "I can also just use like one catch-all one." So that's what I like about Shantakai is they have like the of. one. Yeah, they have the one. Thanks. Yeah. That's exactly what I mean.
1: Okay. Oh guys, before we wrap up, oh, I yes. wanted to I wanted to say something. I uh, obsessively read our reviews on iTunes and they're wildly overwhelmingly positive. We really yes, appreciate that. There were a couple recently mm-hmm. um that said that we talk too fast. <laughs> oh. Which is probably to me. Um, and that we do talk a lot about ourselves and not necessarily, uh, enough for a couple of listeners about the show. And I just wanted to say, we value your feedback. Those are people that aren't fans of the show. If you are a fan of the show, um, uh, we do care about what you think. Feel free to DM us and let us know how we can improve. Like, we love you guys. We want to be here for you. We want to be the show you want. So Let us know how we're doing and if there's something that you want that we're not giving. Jamie, you have any comments about this?
0: No, I like that. I think, yeah, we were saying that it's the end of the year. This is just kind of a little performance review. We really value you guys. And I will say, and I'm not getting defensive, but I will say that the premise of the podcast is set at the top of every single show. And it is an opportunity for us to talk about ourselves. So with that in mind, I'm still open to changing and growing. And we really appreciate you guys telling us how to do that. So I want to say thank you. And I'm going to be a big girl and not defend my podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen, we I love our podcast as, as it is, but... I know a lot of you guys tune in every week and if there's any small things, please, good or bad, if you love it and you just want to tell something nice, obviously we love that. Um,
0: But yeah, we just want to just check in with you guys. You know, don't rip us apart. Uh, imagine it's it's the it holiday was, season. If it's the holiday season and we, yeah, just, it's okay, just be, be careful with your words, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Be political. Be political with the yeah, because we don't we don't you know. It's also when you're reading something, it always feels a little more aggressive. I just
1: mean if we so, get, so a- yes.
0: I don't know if there's just something simple that we. I don't know. Abs. I I am a hundred percent on board, and I think performance review is a great way to. Sort of wrap and up. And then the we'll year. read anonymously. We won't say who it is. We'll oh, read yeah. we'll read some of the best that's ones. That's great. I love that.
1: Yeah, and if there's anything we've ever I mean, I'm really fishing right now, but if, if there's any episodes or advice that's actually helped or anything let us know we would love to know that it would be really nice
0: yeah that's Um, a great idea and also
1: let us know if there's anything that you're craving like if you guys are looking for another like Q&A episode or if you want more guests or whatever just let us know we're just taking the temp we love you guys we want to give you what you need yeah Yeah,
0: I think that that is a great idea
1: okay guys hit us up on insta love
0: ya okay love you thanks for listening to couldn't help but wonder follow us on twitter and instagram at chbw pod and follow my co-host rose cerno on insta and twitter at rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. you nasty. Bye. Bye.
2: Forever <laughs> Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production.